welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing the last couple weeks? Well, I have been actually um, doing some embodiment practices. Are you familiar? I'm not. Tell me more. It's basically the practice of like being in your body. And especially for me, I think focusing on the connection between my physical body and my energetic body and just making sure my physical vessel is up to speed. You know how we've talked about how emotions kind of like sit in your body if you don't process them? Oh, for sure. Embodiment practices really help with that. Okay. Can you explain like how or like how would you do a practice of embodiment? Well, this weekend I did like a, I signed up for an embodiment class kind of situation, but honestly just dancing is like my go-to. I feel like for myself, just dancing with the intention that my body can do whatever it needs to do and like Mm -hmm. move through whatever it needs to do. And I'm not like being precious about it or anything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like that. What about you? How are you growing? I feel like my answer is kind of the same as it was the last time we recorded, which is I'm just trying to rest. We were talking before this, like we always do for like 30 minutes, (laughs) that I have just been feeling super low energy the last week. And like, I mean, I get tired like everybody else from time to time, but I have felt in the last few days, like I just can't bring myself to do anything. Here's my best guess on all of us coming out of a period of like forced rest from COVID. Mm -hmm. I think that we're actually not really built to do as much as we are used to doing. And so I'm wondering if a lot of people are going to have this problem where they're coming off of a period of rest. They're trying to do all of the things to like catch back up and it's just too much. Yeah. I think that could definitely be true because I don't know that I, I mean, I've definitely been busy, but I feel like I'm always kind of busy. Like, I don't know. I feel like I just schedule my life that way most of the time, but it has just been like kicking my butt. And yeah, like I had so many things this past weekend that I was like, oh, I need to do this. And like easy stuff, little stuff that was just like, oh, I need to go return this thing to Target or I want to like get this stuff out of the car. And I just could not do it. I was like, I'm so exhausted. I even took a nap actually. Wow. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> never happens. Yeah. But so I've been doing a little bit of research on like low energy stuff. Um, and then last night did like a tension relief yoga video that helped me go to sleep really fast, which was nice. I have a question. When you were not wanting to do any of the little things that you had on your mental list, Mm. were you shitting on yourself? Were you telling yourself that you absolutely should just get up and do it? A hundred percent. See, and that makes you not rest. Like your brain is not resting when you do that. Yeah, totally. Even though my body was like, I'm just going to lay here. My mind was like, you just need to do these things. Like Mm -hmm. just do this stuff and then you'll feel better. That's the thing is I tell myself that if I would just do these little things on my list, then I'd feel better, which maybe is true, but pushing myself to do something that I just like do not have the energy for, like is not going to be good either. So. And it can be the opposite of that, where when I feel better, then I'll do the things. Yeah. Which we don't ever say, but I like that flip. (laughs) Okay. I'm so excited about our topic today. It's something that I've been thinking about a whole lot for the last couple of months. 
I know. I'm excited too. And this one was kind of funny because we had actually been planning to do a different episode topic and then somehow came to be doing an episode on control issues, which we have both been interested in doing. And yeah, it's been on the brain. I was even listening to an episode of Glennon Doyle's podcast, We Can Do Hard Things, yesterday. And I, again, I was thinking that we were doing a different topic today. So she was talking about, she was actually talking about body image. And when she was talking about body image, what she was really talking about was control and control issues. And I was like, mm-hmm. this is it. <laughs> I know. I'm very excited to hear your thoughts on that. And I'm going to have to listen to that episode. It was really good. Yeah, I bet. All right. Well, before we talk about that, tell me what your idea of control issues is. Like what definition comes to mind when I say that? Okay. I feel like this is one that doesn't have a very solid definition. It could mean a lot of different things, but Mm -hmm. I feel like everybody has some level of wanting to control things. I actually think that it's like a natural safety mechanism to like want to control the outcome of things sometimes. Totally. I do think that there becomes a problem when we're trying to assert our control over things that we don't actually have control over, especially the will of other people. Absolutely. Well, and I'm already loving this because I'm like, oh, that is not – I agree with you, but that's also not how I think about control issues. Tell me more. (laughs) I don't know. I think I have this really specific – idea of like a person that has control issues and it's this need to like have power over everything in their life, like their friendships, their romantic relationships, their family, their work, like everything. And not that people can't have control issues in certain aspects of their life and not in others, because that's totally possible. But I think when I just hear control issues, like that's immediately what I think about. I think that's true. And I, I just think that's probably like the stereotypical and like maybe more extreme application of control issues. Yeah, I know. I definitely think you're right. And even whenever we just were talking about like body image, it's like, oh, yeah, like you can experience control and have an issue with control in lots of places that you maybe aren't thinking of in that way, but they actually are. Yeah. I mean, at its core, I feel like any issues with food, if you're trying to control what you eat, that's trying to control the way your body looks. Yeah, absolutely. I also think that there are different types of control that we try to assert. So control over the outcome of of an event is a big one for people, Mm -hmm. but then also control over the behaviors of others. So things like even trying to get your dogs to act a certain way like you're you're controlling them and like sometimes it's you know for their benefit or sometimes like the control makes sense but sometimes if you're like if you're trying to get your partner to act a certain way that's not your responsibility Mm -hmm. yeah well and I do this in my job a lot like I work in behavior and just last week and then part of this week doing trainings on Um, we call it safety care, which is how to like deescalate situations and then how to like safely use physical management if it's absolutely necessary. Mm -hmm. But, you know, our role in education and relationships and all of these things is to support other people and not control them. But it's so easy to get stuck in like power struggles 
Absolutely. Especially with kids when over just things that are, when you look at them from the outside are so silly. Like you want them to write with a pencil and they want to write with a marker. Right. Like, does it really matter if they write with a marker? Probably not. But I feel like it's not worth it. Yeah, I feel like sometimes, and I know we're going to do a whole episode on parenting and like our thoughts on it, especially before we become parents and laugh at ourselves later. But sometimes I think about the things that parents care about. And I'm like, why is this important? Like if you, mm-hmm. if your kid wants to wear a crazy outfit, like it's fine. It's not going to hurt them if they go out of the house right. and it's ma- mismatched. Oh yeah. But we, yeah, we do it all the time. There was one time I was babysitting this girl and I made her dinner and then I handed her the, the like kid fork that they had, like they had a separate drawer for the kids silverware because mm-hmm. they were like four and five and she wanted an, a grown up fork. And I was like, Oh, well, you know, next time before we are to use this other fork, cause now it's already dirty. Like, let me know before. And I'm happy to give you a grown up fork. And she just like had a full blown meltdown. And I was like, Mm-mm, I'm not doing it. And instead of me just being like, okay, it's not that big of a deal. She wants a different fork. Who cares? I was like, no, this is, this is where I, the hill I'm going to die on apparently. Um, so we did this for about 45 minutes where she was refusing to eat her dinner. I was digging my heels in so hard. And had this been my own child, like I might have done this differently or I might, I probably would have been like, I'll sit here all night. I don't care. Oh my God. But after 45 minutes, I was like, oh, her parents are going to be home soon. Oh gosh. (laughs) And then I started. And I started to think of it of like, when I explain this, I'm going to sound absolutely insane. Yeah. And like, what's the ultimate goal here? Like, is it for her to do it the way you want? Or is it for her to eat? And like, hundred percent. I was like, she's going to do what I want because I'm in charge. Like I was totally engaging in like a full blown power struggle with her and I, and, and many power struggles with her. She was, we, yeah, we didn't align. (laughs) Sometimes you just don't jive. Sometimes you don't jive. And I hadn't gone to grad school uh, yet and had not had the experience now that I do with behavior. So I would hopefully not have reacted now knowing all that I know about behavior. But in that moment, I was like, why am I doing this? This is crazy, but I can't get out of it because then she wins. And I was like, I'm in control, but I really am not. But I that's that's an area of my life I've had a control issue before. Hey, look at that. But I would not have described it as that, you know, years ago when I was doing it. Absolutely. All right. Do you feel like the term control issues is used too liberally? Is it damaging? Should we be using a different word? What are your thoughts? I think that term absolutely has like a negative connotation. And, you know, like I kind of said already, like when you, when I hear control issues, or, or if you were to say like, oh, you're going to meet so-and-so, they have some control issues. I would immediately have like a certain vision in my mind or a certain wariness about like the type of interactions I was going to have with that person. I don't know. I think, I guess if it's used in kind of like a labeling way, then like that's not okay. Um, because I think it's it's making you take that at like a really like face value, a really surface level instead of thinking like, oh, there's definitely a reason why this person maybe has some issues with control. 
And I think I like that phrasing better, like issues with control versus control issues. Hmm. It feels less harsh, I think, to me to say it that way. I totally agree Um, that we need to be conscious of labeling other people. I think that's true of like pretty much any label we put on somebody. Right. But I personally don't have an issue with the term control issues. Mm -hmm. But I think it might be because I don't, it sounds like you're, when you think of control issues, you're thinking of a specific type of person. Whereas I think I think Mm -hmm. of it as like, we all have control issues in some way or form. So yeah, you you can say that I have them because I probably do. (laughs) You're like, it's probably fine. Yeah. At what point do you feel like control and this need or want for control becomes an issue? Is there a preference for control that's healthy? I think that controlling things that you can't actually control is a problem. And I think that we all have been raised to try to do that. Truly. Because the bottom line to me is that the only thing that we can control is our reaction to things and like our actions. Mm -hmm. We cannot control the outcome of a scenario. And I used to have a lot of control issues, I think. I still sometimes do, depending depends on the situation, but I think I'm way more relaxed about things than I used to be. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that has been very helpful to me is thinking about it in these terms. Like, I can't actually assert any control here. Even if I try to control every single variable in this situation, I could literally drop dead of a heart attack and not even make it to my destination. And then like, oh my gosh. you know, <laughs> th- there's nothing I can do about that. You know, like you can't, yeah. you just cannot control every single scenario. And it's really interesting too, because I feel like this is, I feel like my control issues and my anxiety are very tied together because mm-hmm. to me, anxiety is trying to control by worrying. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. by worrying about every single outcome that could possibly happen, If I worry over it, it won't happen, which is not true at all. Right. Or that by thinking about it a lot, you'll somehow be able to come up with some solution that would give you this perfect outcome, even though that's probably not possible because there's so many variables in so many scenarios that you can't actually control them, even if you want to worry yourself about it anyway. Yeah. And I think there was a point at which I was like, this worrying is a waste of energy, truly. It's mm-hmm. not doing any, it's just not doing me any good. So are you telling me and our listeners that you are able to move through life to some extent <laughs> without worrying about outcomes of things or trying to control the outcome of things? I would say that I'm a lot better about it than I used to be. Yeah. I, I think that I have changed my expectations. I just don't expect things to go anyway. Like I just think, I hope, I hope this goes well. And that's, and I'll do my best, but that's all I can do. What would you say your best is though? Like situation. Okay. That's fair. But I feel like as you're saying all this stuff, I'm like, I agree. And then my brain is immediately like, yeah, but (laughs) if I, there are a lot of variables. I mean, depending on the situation, like there are a lot of variables I might be able to control. If I don't try at all, will I ever get what I want out of this. Can you give me a situation where you know that you have control issues that I can like talk through how I would do it? Okay. So we both recently went to a bachelorette weekend and it was super fun, but I planned the weekend because I was the maid of honor. And even though like it was great and everybody had a great time, like I was definitely worried about how the weekend would go. So I think I probably had control issues over that. 
Yeah. And that's a great example because it's something that you are directly responsible for. And especially because it involves so many other people like having a good time, which again, we had a great time. You did a great job. <laughs> Thanks. Um, but yeah, I think in that, and I have, I have planned a bachelorette before. So I feel like in that situation, I, that's a, a great example because the only thing you can do is prepare. And then once you're done preparing, I mean, I kind of let it go. Like I will do the best that I can in the, you know, in the scenario that we're in at the time. Mm -hmm. But me having anxiety about it isn't going to make her have a better time on her bachelorette. So I also will say that I think in these types of scenarios, it kind of helps me that I have, I do well under pressure. Mm -hmm. So I don't worry about like panicking if something does go wrong. I can usually find a solution to things like that. So I have a little bit of a leg up there. Okay. And I, I mean, I totally hear you and I can appreciate that you're like, and then I just let it go. And maybe my issue after that is like, I haven't gotten to the point where I can say, I'm not going to be anxious about this because my anxiety isn't going to do anything in this situation. It's not going to control anything. It's not going to change anything. Yeah. But I'm like, I don't know how I wouldn't have been anxious. What are you talking about? Yeah. Which... (laughs) Yeah, no, we've talked about that's that a whole separate thing. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I just finally got to the place where I can be like, I have done my best. There's nothing else that I can think of that is reasonable for me to do here. So I'm gonna just move on with my like thoughts. I'm not gonna dwell on it. Do you feel like that helps you manage your emotions if it doesn't go well? Yeah, I think that I know that I have done the best that I could do. So it's like, if something goes wrong, it's like, well, I couldn't have planned for this. I obviously did Mm. not plan for this. So I'll do my best now. And probably it'll be fine. That's the other thing too. I think we, when we're anxious and we're worrying about things going wrong, we assume Mm -hmm. that like, it's not going to eventually turn out fine. So, and in my experience, even when things sometimes go wrong, usually they work out. Like it might not have been perfect, but it was still good, you know? Right. Yeah. So I can try to hold on to that too. Not every time, but. Yeah. I think in those types of situations, if something goes wrong, my like immediate first reaction is, why didn't I think of that? Why didn't I do that to prevent this from happening? Or okay, I go well, down there, why you didn't I? That's hard on yourself. Hole? That's not anxiety. That's you being That's me being yourself. having a wing one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is, again, a whole separate issue. Yeah. Basically, this episode is turning into, what issues does Anna have? <laughs> How are they connected to control issues? But let's name them. Oh, uh, great. All right. So where and when and how do you think control issues start? This is a really fun question. I mean, I think like pretty much everything, it starts in childhood. <laughs> Although it could start later for some people, who knows? But, you know, when we were talking about how, at least for me, like I, if somebody says like, oh, they have control issues, I immediately have like a very specific picture in my head of like what that would look like and how that manifests. And we were like, oh, but we need to figure out like where it's coming from. So I think it could absolutely stem from some type of trauma that they have experienced in their life. Like if they've experienced some type of abandonment. Whether that is like a true like physical abandonment or an emotional abandonment or 
um, something like that where they were left to feel very vulnerable, um, that you could grow up feeling like I can't count on anybody. And so I have to be in control of everything so that that doesn't happen to me again. Mm -hmm. Um, or people that struggle with like perfectionism and have like an extreme fear of failure. That's a place where these could absolutely show up. And then obviously anxiety, like we've been talking about a lot, like, I think it starts early and it can manifest in a lot of ways. I agree. I also think the perfectionist one is really interesting because I think that there's certain people with perfectionist tendencies who focus their efforts outward. And I think there are certain people who focus their efforts inward. Mm -hmm. And I think focusing your efforts inward turns into being an Enneagram one. I could see that. Oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, it's just, sure. a, it's a version of control where you're like, if I don't do anything wrong, then I won't be hurt or abandoned or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm going to assert control over the way that I do things and I'm going to do them as well as I can. And then I'll be safe. Yeah, totally. One thing we haven't mentioned yet is like, yeah, I think this control, the whole issue of control is like just really wanting some form of safety and security. 100%. It's the same Whatever that means to somebody. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. The thing about it is just like with any safety mechanism, there's a point at which it's actually harming you and not helping you. Totally. Yeah. And it's not to say that some level of control isn't healthy or like if that's your way of coping in a time where you actually need that to keep you safe, like that's totally fine. But yeah, you have to have enough self-awareness or um, be going to therapy or whatever to get to the point where you know that like, okay, this was serving me and now it's not anymore. And I need to figure out a different way to cope with all these things that I was trying to control. Yeah. I also think that when I was thinking about it, they're at the core of these types of things are fear of uncertainty Mm -hmm. and like that fear of not knowing the way something is going to turn out feels not safe, which is, it's totally normal, but it's not at all true. Like we are so often, and this, like, I'm very passionate about this. We are so often planning for worst case scenarios and never thinking about best case scenarios. Yeah. Which is so bad for us. Like it's so unhealthy because Mm -hmm. you are just as likely to get a good outcome as you are a bad outcome. And just because you don't know the outcome doesn't mean it's bad. Yeah. But it's like we're like trained. I don't know. I guess it's like it's the most common way of thinking that it's like, oh, prepare for the worst, prepare for the worst, expect the best, you know, all this stuff. But it's so hard to flip because I feel like even when you just like say things are just as likely to turn out good, my brain is like, oh, yeah, I guess it is. But that's not like, yeah, of course, it's it's it makes me think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't ever realize as humans how bad we are with unknowns. Like we're so bad at unknowns. Mm-hmm. It's scary out there. But is it? And here's the other thing. I know <laughs> That's that, true. Maybe it's not. So one of the questions we had to discuss here was how have you grown in lessening your issues with control? And for me, while I know that sure there are scary possibilities that absolutely happen, 
I also have a lot of evidence that things work out in my favor. Like nothing has ever really been terrible in my life. Yeah. So when I realized that and that like looked at the evidence of like, generally things work out for me, that helps me to kind of assume that things are going to be fine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It kind of helps you like calm the waters if anxiety's yeah. creeping up or you can start to feel yourself trying to grasp onto this invisible fake control. Right. Yeah. It's like statistically things have been fine. So probably they'll just keep going in that direction, right? Sure. I guess. Or it might be like, wow, everything's been great for so long. Surely. That is anxiety right there. Okay. (laughs) Surely something is due to happen. Wow. (laughs) Not to to be a little rain cloud. (laughs) Maybe this whole conversation is just a testament to the fact that my anxiety is a lot better than it used to be. (laughs) (laughs) Teach me your ways. Uh, I know it's a mess over here. You guys, it's been a it's been a long month. It's been busy. Um, okay, well, before we like get too far into how you have somehow magically with a lot of hard work been able to like wrangle your anxiety slash control issues, tell me about how you used to struggle with control issues and like what it looked like. Okay. So, first of all, I think there are two different types of control issues. Well, yeah, two different types of control issues. So, the macro ones are the ones that are like, everything's going to go wrong. This is going to be bad, right? Okay. So, in in like like, a more worldly view. Right. My life is struggling right now. Like, things are going wrong. I think on the micro level, it's like, Things like, oh, I asked this person to do this thing and they're not going to do it or they're going to do it wrong. Okay. I think that I had issues with both. I think that I was generally kind of pessimistic and maybe a little complainy. And I also think that I struggled with like, I need to assert myself here so that people do things the way I want to do them. And that's the part that I cringe about. I'm like, oh, that's so... That's so controlling. Like, I should never have been like that. Yeah. And now I think, and this is interesting because I I wouldn't say that my control issues are gone. I still actually have that problem sometimes of like, I really need this thing to go, go this one way. But more often, I think the way that I try to quote unquote control something is by, have you ever heard of the like fight, flight, or freeze situation? Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So I I think most people have heard of fight or flight, but freeze is like a newer one that I think they've introduced. And I tend to freeze. So like, if a situation is not going the way I want it to go, I hermit. I just stop engaging. And to me, that means that if I if I don't do anything, then nothing will change. And if nothing changes, then it can't go wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's now the like my safety mechanism that I engage in, it's like, oh crap, I think this might not be going the way I want to. I'm just gonna like stop. Right. I'm not so. gonna make any sudden movements. Right. Yeah. Which now I feel like I can at least see most of the time when I'm doing that. So that's good. But yeah, I still think I have trouble with that. All right, what about you? What areas are you struggling with and what do your control issues look like? Oh man. Let me count the ways. 
Well, I think maybe before engaging in this conversation, there's probably a lot of things that I would not have constituted as a control issue. And this actually has happened a couple of times when we've been talking because... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Like, you're fine. You're fine. You're helping me grow. Like telling a story to you about like a fight that I had or something. Or I think when we talked about like mental load Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, when I, when Taylor and I split up the responsibilities, I was having like an internal nervous breakdown about it. And you're like, you were like, oh, that sounds kind of like a control, like trust issue or whatever. And I guess we haven't talked much about trust yet in this episode, but that's totally part of it too, is like not trusting other people to do something. I actually think that trust is the antidote of control issues. I really do. I think that trusting things to work out, like macro, trusting things to work out in your Mm -hmm. favor is like the antidote to macro level control issues control and, like, and anxiety yeah trusting people to do things the way that they ought to do them is like the antidote to micro level also because i know that people with control issues are probably thinking this it's like well okay there's no way that every single time people are going to get it exactly the way that i want them to do it i get sure. that first of all are you communicating the way you want the outcome to be? Which is was, I think, my answer to you about the mental load thing. It's like, okay, I get that you're reluctant to give him this task, but just say, like, here's how I expect it to be done. Like, here's the outcome right. that I want. You can do it however you want to do it. Um, right. And then the other thing is, like, you also have to trust yourself that if it doesn't go the way you want, that you can clean it up after. Like, you can handle it. You're capable Sure. Yeah. And like, you'll just deal with it when that happens, but don't expect it because that's not going to be any fun. Yeah. I love that. I feel like we just need to take a little dose of trust every morning with our vitamins and (laughs) whatever else. It's hard though. It's got to, you got to build trust. You have to take little steps over time. That's true. A little staircase. But yeah, so I think my control issues probably manifest most in my relationships and stuff, which is like where most of my like anxiety and stuff lives. Like I don't experience a ton of like control and anxiety issues at work. You know, make I'm sure I do every once in a while, but it's not like a a daily or weekly part of my life there. Yeah. But yeah, I would say with my my in my relationships with other people, maybe not trusting that certain situations will happen or that like hangouts won't happen if I'm, if I'm not initiating it or if I'm not in charge of it or something like that. Yeah. And I think definitely body image stuff, like not constantly, but in my past a hundred percent and in my present occasionally like that definitely comes up. I mean, there's so many different applications for this and it's, it could be the smallest thing. Like I, this is not, really truly me because I don't care about making the bed but like if my partner makes the bed the wrong way like I want to control exactly the way that the bed looks when it's made in right. the morning 100% even though it's just made and it's fine and it doesn't really matter yeah. but or it's not made and you make it yourself like whatever <laughs> yeah yeah I'm sure there's tons of like little house stuff that's like oh I want it to look like this so I guess I'll just have to do it 
Right. And to or, me, that's like, hey, can you do it this way? Which I know that I'm I'm very lucky to have Seb because he takes all of that stuff in stride. And maybe it's because he's an Enneagram one and is like, I'm going to do this perfect every time. But yeah. if I get him feedback like that, he never has a problem just adjusting to the way I want it to be done. Unless he has a good reason to be like, no, nah, we should do it this other way. Oh, Seb. Oh, Sebastian. He's the greatest. Little shout out. <laughs> How do you feel... Like you handle control issues with other people. Honestly, I think that this is the area that I really have some room to grow <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like other people having control issues when I'm in the general vicinity rubs me the wrong way every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have a really hard time letting that go. Like I can see you trying to control a situation and sometimes, I mean, sometimes you can see people doing it to you. Like I can see you trying to control my will. And I don't take kindly to that. Like I really sure feel very strongly about every individual having their own will. And yeah, so it's not something I handle well. Which is really fair. Yeah. Well, what about you? I think I handle them pretty, maybe not well, maybe not inwardly well, but outwardly I, I can do most things well <laughs> when it comes to wearing emotions. I think because I am such a people pleaser. That's what I was that, literally thinking. I was like, she's a people pleaser. It's probably <laughs> totally fine for her. It's really, it's pretty easy for me to just be like, oh, you want to be in control of this? Okay, let's do it. Like, as long as it makes you happy, it's fine. We'll do it your 100%. Way. That is 99% of the time the way that I act. Because that it's to uh, impose my control or not even control, I guess, just my want or whatever in some situation. If somebody else has a different want or need, I just like that sends my anxiety into spirals. So I feel like I handle them okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or it doesn't. You never express yourself <laughs> and you just go with whatever everybody else wants. You don't yep, cause a confrontation. That's, what, that's exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> Okay, so it's, I think we both have some room to grow in that <laughs> We both have room to grow. <laughs> I mean, I think that's a hard one, though, because, I mean, truly the answer is for us to get better at, like, confrontation. Or, like, maybe mm-hmm. not confrontation, oh, but at least expressing ourselves in an area where somebody else has a strong opinion. And that is hard. Yes. Yeah, that's very hard. And I think... The other way I would say I handle control issues is if I am spending a lot of time or having to work with somebody who has a lot of control issues, I'll just try to like slowly like detangle myself from that connection if it's something that's like really bothering me. Hmm. That's a good Um, point. Yeah. Like pulling away from the situation for sure. Yeah. Trying to disengage. I do that, but not in this particular area. Yeah. This is a tough one. Yeah, it is. I just wonder, too, if it's like, do you think that people who are asserting their control in that situation know that it's happening? I think I think it depends on, like, why they're doing it. Like, I feel it like I can on, always like, what's tell the underlying. I'm doing it. Yeah. But you also have a lot of self-awareness. Yeah. And have done, like, a lot of work on yourself. But to be totally honest, sometimes I just still do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you can feel yourself doing it. Yeah. Like, oh. here's a good example. I, if we're ever going on like a trip, actually, yeah, on a a trip with anybody that's not like my parents or Seb, Mm -hmm. I like to drive 
because I don't like to totally give up control of not being able to get places. Okay. So, and that feels I, like a I'm, reasonable one. Yeah, though. but like, I'm just like, okay, I need control of being able to leave when I want to leave. And I just deal with it. I like, I know it's a control thing, but I'm just like, whatever, I don't care. I think that's fine. That doesn't sound like an issue to me. I think that's that sounds healthy. If it's like something that you need that's not like impacting somebody else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's just a me thing. Yeah, just a racy thing. <laughs> All right, well, we spent a lot of time talking about... Um, our control issues, mostly mine. Um, how are we going to move forward after this conversation and grow in this? Okay. Well, I already talked a little bit about how I've reflected on how I have evidence that things typically work, work out in my favor. I would recommend that everybody does that and tr- okay. like just try to get into the habit of like looking back at your successes and also things where it might have been dicey for a second, but it all worked out. Okay. Because I just think that's a good like neural pathway to set in your brain. Ding, ding, ding. I like the little buzzword. Right? The other thing is building trust, which you can do slowly. Mm-hmm. Especially, I also think that if you have issues with trust, you have to start with self-trust because if you can't trust yourself, how can you trust other people? Okay. I like that. And then the other thing, and this is the one that's really helped me the most, I think, is just accepting that you really have control over very few things. Like, truly, that has helped me so much. I can control how I react to a situation. I can control the actions that I take, but I cannot control outcomes. I cannot control other people's reactions. And that's just the way it is. And it's going to be fine. And that's just that. And it's probably going to be fine. <laughs> Not probably. It's going to be fine. Tell yourself it's going to be fine over and over. It's going to be fine. All right. I need to start saying it like every morning, every afternoon, every evening. It's going to be fine. And then reflect on the ways that it absolutely was fine. I know. This actually sounds like a really good like journaling practice. Is like every day or every other day or once a week or whatever it is, like going through the things that you were worried about that turned out to be fine. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I love that. Well, for me going forward, I think the first step is probably starting to identify where I actually have control issues. Because I think Mm. if somebody just asked was like, Oh, do you have control issues? I'd be like, no, I don't. Cause I don't really feel like I do. But then in this conversation, I'm like, Oh gosh, I really do. (laughs) Well, okay. It's one thing to have control issues and it's one thing. It's another thing to have, unhealthy control issues. And I think you need to maybe think about, I mean, I do think, think about the ways you have control issues, but also maybe identify which ones are impacting other people, because I think that's the point at which you have a a real problem. Right. Or impacting me in like a really unhealthy way. Right. Sure. Yeah. Hurting your mental health is also bad. We're not trying to hurt anybody with these control issues. Absolutely not. So yeah, I think just start by like identifying and trying to retrain my brain into thinking that everything's going to be fine and it's going to work out and me worrying about it or beating myself up about every possible scenario that I could have potentially done something about, like, isn't it going to change anything or make me any happier? The good news is our brains can be retrained. That is very good news. Have you noticed since we started this podcast 
have you noticed your thinking change at all? Like the way that you think about certain things? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, same. I feel like the more you think about it with your conscious mind, the more it trains your unconscious mind to like, Mm -hmm. be better. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's been a lot of episodes that we've delved into topics that I now think about all the time. Like, I just notice things or like think about things in a different lens, which is great. Yeah. We're growing. Love to see it. All right. Well, we would love to hear about your control issues. No judgment zone here. If you want to email us at lightheartedpodcast at gmail.com. And make sure you're following along at lightheartedpod on Instagram. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.